much. I love just soaking in every note on that. Isn't that great? Well, in your Bibles, please, this morning, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, we'll start there. The title of this message this morning is this. The golden rule is still golden. The golden rule is still golden. Now, Jesus didn't say this is the golden rule. How many have ever heard that term, the golden rule? Do unto others as you'd have others do unto you. Um, and it's not supposed to be changed either. It's not do unto others before they do something to you. Uh, some say, but I don't, I don't uh, get even. I get ahead. No, no, no. Revenge is not a good thing. But the Bible does say to us that if you want something in your life, you should put it in somebody else's life. If you want somebody to treat you a certain way, you be sure to make sure that you treat somebody that way that you'd like to be treated. Let's look at verse 12, and then let's pray. Verse number 12, Matthew 7, verse 12. Jesus said this, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Let's pray. Father, help us to be the kind of Christians that we want others to be to us. Help us to be the kind of patriot that we want other people to be patriotic to, to us. Help us to be the kind of neighbor that we would want others to be neighborly to us. And God, we pray that you'll help us to be friendly, that we might have others friendly to us. We pray this golden rule today would take effect in our lives, that we would not live our lives secretly and selfishly and cloistered and away from other people. Oh God, we pray that we would uh, shed the light of the gospel and spread the good, wonderful blessings of God. And we pray that we would overcome evil with good. And I pray that we'd be the special kind of Christians that the world's looking for. We pray that we would have compassion and making a difference. We pray the Holy Spirit would give us a better way of living than those people that uh, have, have destroyed their lives. And we pray that our joy and the light of the countenance of our faces and the, and the spring in our step and, and the, uh, the attitude of our, our belief and, uh, Lord, the, the, uh, the, the conscious awareness that, that you're alive and the presence of the Holy Spirit would be uh, manifested in our lives, that people would not only see what the way we live is better, but that we would uh, enjoin them to, that they also could have that, that better life. We pray that our, our walk with God would be so effective, not just by sight, but by deed and by word, that uh, we would see people come to Christ more and more. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Uh, how many understand this verse? Isn't this amazing verse? It's, it's sometimes shocking what Jesus said it's so simple, but it's so true. Let's look at this verse again. He said, therefore, all things, everything, whatever, and I'm going to paraphrase so you, you don't get too upset with me. There's nothing wrong. I want to try to explain this verse. The things that you want other people to do to you, 
Jesus said, do to them. It says, all things whatsoever ye would, or that's, that's meaning what you would want others to do to you. What do you want other people to do to you? All things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you. Do ye even so to them. You do that to them. You want a good neighbor? How many would like to have a good neighbor? I want good neighbors. I like good neighbors. You're supposed to be a good neighbor to them. How many want to uh, have a good life? Then, then help somebody else have a good life. It's, it's a law. This isn't just a good idea. This is, this is fantastic. It's the answer. And you know what the Bible says? Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. You give. You, you give. Because you, if you want something in your life, give that very thing to somebody else. You give, God gives. God says, you draw close to me. How many want God to draw close to you? How many would like to have a very strong relationship with God who loves you? How many want God to, uh, to, to bless you? Anybody want God to bless you? I want God to bless me. You know what he says? Bless others. He says, draw nigh to me, he says, and I will draw nigh to you. That's a verse in the Bible. You get close to, to God, he'll get close to you. You take one step in his direction, he takes one step in your direction. You get a little closer to the Lord, he gets a little closer to you. I like it when God gets close to me. I really like that. I love it when God answers prayer. How many like to have a few prayers answered? I like that. I love that. I love it when God hears my prayers and answers them according to what I was asking. That's amazing. You know, most people pray and they never see an answer to prayer. So they just say, okay, I'm done. I asked God to do something for me. He didn't do it. Okay, well, that's, I guess God doesn't answer prayer. Oh, yes, he does. You know what he wants out of you? You know what he wants out of me? He wants a little effort. You know, it's, God, doesn't, God doesn't want a relationship with us that says, uh, Hi, God. Good to have you. I'll talk to you later tomorrow. See ya. Bing! Off you go into your life and you never talk to him again. That's not. And then you say, well, God, where were you? And he said, where were you? Right? God said, I, I just need you. Well, I need you too. See, God loves to have a relationship with us. And he says, whatever you want, that's what you should do. We want other people to do things for you. You want, other, uh, you want God to do something for you? Then do something for him. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 6 in the book of Luke, verse 31. This law, this, this, this wonderful law, it, it is amazing. God has something that he wants to do in our lives that's special. He wants you to be special. So you've got to make sure that you treat others special. All right, verse 31, let's go there. It says, 
uh, in uh, chapter number six. And as ye would, as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank ye have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But here's the deal. Watch it now, everybody. Pay close attention to this. I'm going to show you something. It says, but love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the thankful and to the evil. Now, did you see the miracle in this? You, let's say you have an enemy, right? Let's say somebody's treating you really bad. What do you do? Well, you don't want that. We don't, we don't want people to treat us bad. We don't want enemies to treat us bad. Is that right? We don't want our tires to get popped and flattened. We don't want our fences to be knocked down. We don't want things stolen. We don't, we don't want people to get drunk across the street. We don't want people to have wild parties right next to our house. We don't want our property damaged. We don't want people throwing rocks through our window. We don't want BBs, BB guns shooting around. We don't want our dogs missing. We don't want to live in an area where there's all kinds of crazy crime going on. We don't want to be treated bad. We don't, we don't want enemies to treat us bad. So what, is, what does God say? Do good and love your enemies. Then your enemies will turn around and do good to you. Amen. You know what happens in marriage? I'll tell you what happens in marriage sometimes. People get selfish. And they get tired of just not having their needs met. Uh, some people grow apart. Uh, just recently, uh, I've heard of uh, a married couple for 24 years. They split up. People do split up. It's bad. Why, why is that? Because people want so much for themselves that they will not go out and, and reverse that and give to their spouse and help their spouse and love their spouse. And you know, the Bible says, husbands, love your wives. He told men to love their wives. Boy, I think God knew what was going on with marriages. You know why? Because men need that said to them. Ladies, you're off the hook today. <laughs> he didn't say Hus husbands or wives love your husband. He said, uh, wives, uh, reverence your husband and, and obey him. But he said to the husband, love your wives. You know? You know what men do? Sometimes they say, well, now that we're married, uh, Jeannie and Josh are going to get married pretty soon. I haven't had this conversation with Josh yet. <laughs> but one thing men ought not do is say, look, I told you I loved you when I married you. <laughs> if anything changes, I'll let you know. 
No. I should tell my wife I love her just about every time I'm leaving the house. You know, we get, we get into arguments, my wife and I. I say, I love you more. She says, I love you more. No, I love you more. No, I love you more. And we've gone on quite a while while I'm walking down the step. Love you more. No, you don't love you more. And it's just kind of fun. I like those kind of arguments. I love you more. No, I love you more. I love you more. I love you a lot more. You love you. And finally, it's just over. But it's, it's fun. It's fun. Hey, we should, we should uh, love others, love our neighbor, love our enemies, do good to people. How many know that one thing in America is missing is fellowship and friendship? You know why? Because yes. nobody wants to be a friendly person. People want to be just as nasty as they can be, and then they say, well, you're not very friendly to me. How come you didn't do this for me and this for me and this for me? You know, you didn't say this and you didn't say that. You never do this. You know, Listen, if you just go around saying, uh, you didn't do this and you didn't do that, and you never do this and you never said that, I can find a lot of things that people have never done to me. You know, my wife, I'm upset with her. She's never bought me a brand new car. To this day, what's taking her so long? We've been married 35 years coming up in September. You think maybe she could get me a car? She's better with, she's better with money than I am. You know? If you just go around saying, well, you didn't do this to me and you didn't do that, that's just not the spirit. That's the wrong spirit. You can beat somebody to death with what they didn't do to you. How many have had a good time at some point this year at doing something? Why did you not invite me? I'm not treated right. I'm not well accepted. You know, I can just have the mully grubs and say, people don't like me. I get, everybody hates me. I guess I'm just going to go eat dirt. I just, hey, that's not the spirit. If you want a friend, be friendly. The Bible says he that would have friends must show himself friendly. You want people to give you things, give to others. It'll all come around. Cast thy bread upon the waters, thou shalt find it after many days. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. You give to others, you give to others, and don't worry about what you get back. God takes care of that. You see, Christianity is supposed to be different than the world. Just because, just because sinners do, listen, this is so phony, so plastic, so uh, shallow, the way, the way people treat each other in the world. Uh, that's not, the Bible says it. Real bad sinners and people that don't know the Lord, they do things back and forth to each other. You know, that's not, that's not what Jesus says. But what you want, what you want somebody to do to you, you should do to others. That's what Jesus is telling us. This golden rule is still golden. Let's go to uh, verse number 37, or excuse me, uh, verse 36. Uh, it says, be ye therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. So have mercy on people, forgive people. Go the extra mile. If, if somebody's getting treated real bad, you be the one that doesn't do that. If somebody's being outcast and 
castigated and shunned and marginalized and pushed away and isolated, you be the one to go to that person and you'll make a friend. And you, you, when, when people are being treated badly, you, you make sure you're not guilty of it and then you will not be treated bad. You'll, you'll have that happen to you. Verse 37, judge not. Now, do you realize that we don't really know the intricacies of people's lives and we really don't have the authority to judge what's happening? Let's say somebody gets in a car wreck. Do you know why that happened? You don't, do you? Other than left turns yield. I got in a car wreck one time with my brother's truck down in Tacoma and I ruined his truck. I had to go to the Ford dealership and buy a brand new fender. I, I borrowed, it's a beautiful truck too. I took, I was coming up here to check on uh, Bellingham to see if the Lord wanted me to come up here. And I was, I, I wasn't paying attention and I was going to make a left hand turn and somebody was in the, jumped in the, the crosswalk. I had to wait. Ah! And then a car came up and smacked me right in the fender. I had to tell my brother. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there, oh, no, Lord, what happened? I, it was, cost me $1,000 to get the car fixed, and I had to give him the fender, and he had a body shop to put it on. Oh, it was a terrible day. And I was coming home. I said, Lord, out of all this, what are you trying to teach me? What is it that you're speaking to my heart about? What, what, do you, what lesson is it that, that you want me to learn about this? And it came to me left turns yield <laughs> you don't know why what people go through certain things it's not us to judge that right, right. somebody got sick ah that's right i know no you don't oh they had a bad oh no you don't you don't know what people you don't know not know why people go through certain things all the time you do not know we are not god so if you don't want to be judged look at verse 37 what does it say judge not i don't want people to judge me they don't know me I, they don't know why i have certain things happen to me i had a headache the other day somebody might say well i know why that happened you you were mad you were you were mean to your wife no i wasn't no i wasn't it, we we have a dog in the backyard that's what caused that anyway it says judge not and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not. You ever condemn anybody? Don't do that. Somebody's going to condemn you. And ye shall be not be condemned. Forgive. There's a big one. How many love to be forgiven? Isn't it great when somebody says, oh, don't worry about it. I broke, I told you a couple weeks ago, I, I broke something really bad at a man's store, and he forgave me. He said, don't worry about it. I stole a bicycle when I was a little boy one time, threw it in the sewage pond. There was a sewage pond that our trailer park had. It was terrible. And the lady that owned the bike, don't get mad at me. I was only in the fourth grade. So I, I, I took it, and I rode it, and I got done riding the dumb bike, and I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to get caught putting it back, so I threw it in the sewage pond. But the problem was the lady that owned the bicycle was looking out her window and she saw me <laughs> taking off with her bike. And she knew my dad. So she called my dad. My dad said, I'll take care of it. 
So one day I came back, you know, didn't think about it anymore. He said, did you have a good day today? I said, yeah. He said, uh, you got anything that happened out of the ordinary? No. He said, do you have anything you want to tell me? No. And then it hit me. And I go, oh. He looked and he started grinning at me. He goes, you got something to tell me, don't you? I said, yeah. He said, what'd you do? I stole a bicycle. He said, yeah, I know. Mrs. So-and-so called me. Where'd you put it? I threw it in the sewage pond. He said, you what? You threw it in the sewage pond? The sewage pond? He said, get a, get a rake. Let's go get it. So he said, I want you to show me where you, where you put it. I said, okay. So we walked all the way down to the sewage pond. The whole trailer park had a sewage pond. There wasn't any sewer pipes. It was all a sewage treatment pond in the 60s. So I said, I threw it right there. He goes, right there. He said, go get it. <laughs> so I said, I, I tiptoed out there a little ways, and I said, I can't reach it. And so my dad, who was bigger and stronger and taller than me, reached way out there with a garden rake and got the tire and the spokes and pulled that bike out of the sewage pond. He said, you're wheeling it back. <laughs> so I'm, I'm wheeling that bike. We got to the lady's house. We hosed off the bike. I leaned it back up to the shed. And he said, you're going to apologize. So I knocked on the door. My dad's right behind me. I knocked on the door, and the lady said, well, hello. How are you today? And I said, I'm okay. Um, I'm sorry. I stole your bike, and I'm so sorry. You know what she did? She said, that's okay. Oh. I looked at my dad. <laughs> All right. I like that. She forgave me. You could probably, I didn't say it, but I was thinking, hey, she's okay with it. <laughs> I, I can't remember what happened after that. I was so happy that she forgave me. If you want to be forgiven, you forgive somebody. You forgive. You, you be nice to somebody. This is a law that's the golden rule. Now, we Christians, we, uh, we've never gone along with the world. It doesn't fit. We, we're going upstream. We're going against the current. We don't fit in with the world. Do you know why that is, folks? It's because we're supposed to be such a good Christian that we make a difference. The reason we're supposed to be different is that God is shining the light on us. We are shining the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. We represent him. We're ambassadors for Jesus. And if you go around not loving people, and if you don't have a heart for people, if you don't want to even have a friendship with anybody, and if you don't want to be around anybody, if you can't treat people nice, if you can't love people, even then what kind of Christianity are they going to see? You know why the world doesn't go to church? It's not their fault. It's our fault. 
We need some stellar, fantastic Christians in this world that act like it and talk like it and love like it. And we need to go out of our way to be the kind of Christians that they had in the Bible. This isn't just Bible Christianity that we're supposed to say, wow, they were great Christians back then. You and I are supposed to be like this today. We're supposed to be sacrificial. We're supposed to be the kind of Christians that they were. They gave us the, uh, the, the pattern. Jesus set the pattern for us. He's the goal. I'm never going to be exactly like him because he's God. But that doesn't make it okay for me to quit trying. You know, the apostles, they, they, they spent time with Jesus. Get to what they said. We took notice that these men have been with Jesus. They took notice that they would, they, these are they which turn the world upside down. You know why God doesn't want us to fit into the world? Because he's trying to use us. We, I'll tell you again, the first thing happened to me after I was saved, my mom asked me what was wrong with me. You know, I, I know what she really meant. There's something different about you now. You're not the same anymore. That's a good thing. I had a man tell me at uh, Ernst, oh, no, it was at Scotty's Hardware Store in Jacksonville, Florida. A guy was always very, very foul-mouthed. He was smoking and cussing and smoking and cussing. Had a bad attitude. He didn't like Christians. He didn't want to be talked to about the Lord or nothing. He was just, he was just a real... Um, very discouraging person, very, very dejected, and he was just depressing. Uh, he, I, I was always trying to lift him up and trying to get him to at least smile once in a while. And somebody said something about uh, a Jesus, they, the, the term back then was Jesus freak. They don't use that much anymore. They use called Bible thumper or church person or you know, I don't, but back then it was like, if you were a Christian, you were a Jesus freak, you know, and <laughs> he told me, he said, Shaver, you're the Jesus freakiest person I've ever met, and I took that as a great compliment, I did, don't be shocked about that, I really thought, praise God, somebody, somebody's called me a Jesus freak, I love it. I'm, I'm very comfortable in that in that uniform. Thank you very much. And I didn't I didn't get mad at him. I said that's great. I said I'm glad. He said what? <laughs> you know, he, the manager of the store would shake his head. And uh, these, you know, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to love like nobody else loves. We're supposed to be friendly to the unlovable. We're supposed to be different. The Bible says, and of some have compassion, making a difference, Jude 22. So we are supposed to be signposts. We're supposed to be abnormal. I don't want to be normal. You know what the Bible says? The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them. They're foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. I'm not supposed to be a natural man. The worst thing in the world for me and you is to be natural. Listen, there's some there, we're supposed to be supernatural. We're supposed to be against the grain. We're supposed to go upstream. We're not supposed to float down with the big crowd. It's like that guy that called his wife. He said, 
Now, she called him and she said, Hun, there's some nut, some idiots on the freeway. He's driving the wrong direction. He's on the same road you are. You got to be careful that you're going to get in a wreck. Watch out for him. And he says, Hun, there's not one guy going the wrong way. There's hundreds of them. <laughs> You'll get it. We're going the wrong direction. The world's going this way. We're going upstream. That's what we're supposed to do. Why? I want, how many, how many realize how special God wants you to be? He wants you to be different. And when somebody's not feeling well, we're supposed to do something for them. Uh, uh, when one member of the body is hurting, the, all the members hurt with it. When somebody is de, uh, going through a rough patch, it's not say, well, I know why that is. He must have had an argument with his wife. Man, he deserves it. Nope. 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 We're supposed to ignore all the judgment and all the condemnation and try to be a blessing to people. We're supposed to be different in spirit. Um, look at John 14. What a blessing to be saved, is it not? What a tremendous honor to represent Jesus Christ. Do you know that Jesus was so different than all those Pharisees? All those religious Pharisees, they stood on the street corner and they prayed out loud so everybody could hear them on the street corner. And uh, they did it so that they could be seen and they did it so that they could be known. But Jesus said, I don't want you to be like that. When you pray, I want you to go in your closet. When you fast, I, want every, I don't want anybody to know you're fasting. Let's go to John 14 and uh, verse uh, 7. Or, no, that's, uh, that's not it. For, okay, I got that wrong. No problem. That's all right. Don't worry about that. Stop worrying about it. <laughs> All right. But that's the verse. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I'll find it later. So as God overlooks our faults and failures, hallelujah, we should overlook others. Now, do you believe that God has forgiven us of a lot of things in our lives? We're supposed to give, forgive others. Do you know that the Lord has befriended us when we were not really worthy of his friendship? By the way, did you know, did you know this? Do you remember what Jesus called Judas? He called him friend. He didn't have any, any reason whatsoever to call Judas a friend. Jesus wasn't lying about it. He wasn't, he wasn't being false. He really was friendly. And by the way, you be sure about this. You be sure about this. He loved Judas. He loved him. He gave him power that Judas didn't deserve. He gave him a, he gave him a job in the ministry as an apostle. People don't realize this. Judas was a, an apostle. 
He wasn't just some sneaky criminal. He was he was elevated to the one of the apostles and numbered with the 12. Look at this. He was numbered as an apostle. And yet Jesus loved him and cared for him and treated him kindly and did exactly what he was saying here. And what did Judas do? He turned on him and treacherously uh, rebelled against him and, and subtly went behind his back and, and, and he, he, he treated him horrible. And, and then after conniving with the uh, Pharisees, he told the Pharisees where Jesus was and they came to arrest him and Jesus, uh, Judas, of course, went up and he said, whoever I, whoever I kiss, and I wasn't the kiss that you think, uh, that, that the world thinks today was a hug. You know, you know how the Italians, ah, come here, like that. It was something along those lines. It was a greeting, whoever I greet, right? And what did Jesus say? Uh, I was always in the temple and you never came with knives and swords. I was, you know where I've been. And then Judas came up to him and he said, friend. He called him friend. Wow. That's, that's amazing, isn't it? I have a hard time doing that. I know that I probably am not the only one, but maybe I'm one of the few in this room. I have a hard time being really friendly toward bad people it's hard i want them to get in trouble i want them to get caught i want them to leave me alone i want them to leave my family alone but jesus tells us you don't have to agree with what they do you don't have to be like them just be cordial and friendly toward other people that's what he's saying Love your enemies. Do good to them which despitefully use you and persecute you for my sake. Be a good Christian. Befriend other people. Give to other people. Trust other people. Trust. Oh, trust other people. I don't trust anybody. Oh, then nobody's going to trust you. You got to trust people. I have a hard time trusting people using my tools. <laughs> That's a big thing with me. It's like, okay, you can borrow it. <laughs> but I want to watch you. <laughs> you, ever, you ever loan your car out? That's a hard one, isn't it? And my car, brand new truck. You think you're going to borrow my truck? You know, the guy says uh, uh, at college one time, our pastor he, he was the object of a lot of love. The church was over 3,500 people, so there was a lot of people trying to treat him really nice. And uh, somebody gave him, years and years ago, this beautiful big Lincoln Continental. He didn't drive it. He just parked it in his garage and just didn't know what to do with it. And so, you know, he wasn't one of these guys that was real flashy, you know, and trying to show off what he's got and everything and let her, he was just keeping it real quiet. I, he, his wife drove it once in a while, but he hardly ever drove his big, beautiful silver Lincoln Continental. <laughs> one old guy from uh, Louisiana, he came as a big old football player type guy. 
and uh, his name is Tony McGraw. He pastors in a church now. Uh, big, big old native uh, uh, African American guy. Just a big old guy. Just a fun guy to be around. Really joking all the time. We were all in a big classroom of all the preacher boys in the in in the school. There's about 60 of us in there, and uh, our pastor would come and teach to us. It was just a, a men's class, you know, pastor uh, uh, and teaching the preacher boys. And old Tony says, uh, I got a question. He took questions all the time, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, Tony, what's your question? And he goes, uh, you know, the Bible says that we're all related. Is that right? And the preacher said, yeah, that, that's right. What are you getting at? He goes, well, um, we're in one big family, aren't we? He said, yeah, we're, we're all, yeah. Well, you're my brother. I'm your brother, right? And he went on like that a little while. He goes, so can I borrow the keys to the Lincoln? <laughs> oh, I don't think he ever got a hold of them. <laughs> but it is true. There's, you know, we're, they had all things common. There, uh, if, you want, if you want people to be good to you, you're supposed to be good to other people. And it's a wonderful thing. Now, I want, I want you to see something, and we're going to be done. Let's go to Acts chapter number 9. You know what happened the Apostle Paul, and I believe with all my heart that the reason he was such a good Christian and such a wonderful man of God is because he treated Christians so bad, and he was there witnessing the death of Stephen, and he wasn't saved yet. So he was arresting Christians, treating them terrible, putting them in prison. And then he says, okay, that's good. You're going to stone Stephen. That's a good thing. We'll get rid of these Christians. We don't want them around. Yeah, I'll hold your coat. And that's when he was a young man. They, they, they helped. They, he held their coat while they took, oh, we're going to stone this guy. We're going to throw rocks. They they threw rocks at Stephen and killed him in the sight of Saul of Tarsus while he was holding their coats. Now, guess what happened to the Apostle Paul? Saul of Tarsus got saved, didn't he? You know what? The rest of his life, you know what he was doing? He was enduring terrible punishments and persecution. Do you know why he took it well? You know why he said, doesn't bother me any. I count not my life as any. I, I, none of these things move me, he said. I am what I am by the grace of God. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Endure hardness as a good soldier. Persecutions abound in me. And I'm always in this. I'm, I'm going to be in this fight until, until I die. Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. You know, the Apostle Paul, he learned how to take a licking and keep on ticking. You know why? Look at this. Because after he got saved, he remembered how bad he treated those other Christians. Look at verse number 1 of chapter 9. And Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues 
that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. You know what he was? He was kind of like a bounty hunter, wasn't he? He was kind of a sheriff, kind of a posse roundup guy uh, with the authority of the high priest to go around arresting Christians. That's what he was doing. He was caging Christians and taking them to Jerusalem and putting them in jail. That's what Paul did. Look at verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there was shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, 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 why persecutest thou me? That's Jesus speaking. He said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise. And go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days, three days without sight, neither did he did he, did eat or drink, nor drink. So he, he was blind and hungry and thirsty for three days. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. <laughs> I bet you he was praying. And... Verse 12, has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints in Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that shall call on, on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, now watch close now, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Why did Paul take such suffering so well? Because he dished it out so well. And he thought, I'm, I need to take this. I treated people like dirt. And this is an honor for me to be treated this way. It's a, it's a great honor. It really is an honor. By the way, if you're being persecuted for anything you do for the Lord, it's not a curse. It's a blessing. If somebody said, you don't fit in very well, it's a good thing. By the way, if the whole world's doing it, you probably shouldn't be doing it. I don't think enough of you agreed with that. I'll say it again. If the whole world's doing something, it's probably not good for you to do it. Amen. It's probably best if you go the other way. Saul of Tarsus, what a, what a tremendous blessing. Then guess what? Now, I've got one minute I just gave myself. If, if, you, if you remember the book of Philemon, 
Guess where Paul was when, when he met a man named Onesimus? He was in jail. And guess what he said to, to the people in Philemon? You can read it. But he said, I want, you to, I want you to be a blessing to this man right here. He's in jail. And I want you to recover him and restore him and receive him. I want you to be a blessing to this man. Because I believe Onesimus got saved. I believe Paul led him to the Lord while Paul was in jail. He, he, he won. Isn't that amazing that Paul spent so much time in jail and so much time hurting people and then he gets to suffer a little bit for the Lord. Listen, now as Paul keeps going, he has compassion on people. He, has, he knows how to be a blessing to others. He has tons of friends now that are Christian, and you're going to see that next week in Sunday school at the end of chapter 15 or 16 in Romans. And so now Paul has all these wonderful friends, and he's, he's treating them good now. He, he's, he's loving other people. God wants us to follow the golden rule. And I'll say this this morning. Listen, the golden rule is still just as golden as when it came out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I, want, if I need friends, I've got to go make them. If I want somebody to, to be giving, I've got, I've got to be a giver. If I want a fellowship, I've got to go give fellowship. If I want, if I want love, I've got to go love people. That's, that's the Christian life. We're going upstream. We're going a different direction than the world. We're supposed to be better Christians than, than, than the world of Christians. We're supposed to be biblical. Let's bow our heads for prayer.